0: For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom ready to give up. Get ready because it's going to get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brain Dumb by the Fail Coach. Uh, we have another interesting interview for you guys today. Um, Ian Blunt is here with me as my guest. Um, Ian, welcome to the show. And maybe we can start with you quickly introducing yourself to the audience first. Uh,
1: of course, uh, not a problem. Thanks very much uh, for having me on the show. It's exciting to you know, get to talk to you. It's always good to talk failure. It's always good to talk success. Um, so you know, the simple version of, of my story, and we'll get more into that, is uh, I'm uh, from South Africa. I was born and raised in sunny South Africa. Uh, and uh, I've spent a large portion of my life, about, you know, 30% or a third of my life I've been traveling uh, all over the world. Uh, but from a very young age, uh, I had uh, certain senses of failure, I suppose, um, in, in within my childhood, within my family life, um, which would really kind of disappear or, or kind of uh, went to bed for, for many, many years and only started to kind of affect me when I became um, an adult and uh, it sort of caught up with me quite quickly uh, while I was traveling the world and I was pretty successful in my job. Uh, All those sort of things from the past kind of caught up with me and I I went through my own patch of failure and my own recovery and that kind of stuff, Uh, you know, dealing with anxiety, with depression and all that. And that led me, once I was able to overcome that all, led me to become a uh, Qualified life coach, but I prefer to brand myself as a what I call a success coach. Um, so very much, yeah, you know, similar to you, I suppose. And that, you know, failure and success are pretty much linked together. And uh, yep, yeah, so that's what what I'm involved in now. Well, I do believe yes that failure and
0: success uh, are just two sides of the same coin, although. Mm-hmm. Uh, many who maybe haven't developed a healthy relationship with failure yet might consider that we are on the opposite side. So you are the success coach and I'm the fail coach. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do believe that success and failure really go uh, hand in hand and you can't have one without the other. You, mm. Nobody has just failures and nobody has just successes. It's a mix of both Through failure, we learn, so that we can succeed more and faster. That's, that's how I view it. But Ian, um, please do dive a little bit deeper. Tell us a little bit more about your story, about you know, uh, the things you had to overcome. Um, you were mentioning depression, anxiety. I went through a lot of the same as well. And so I would really love to, to hear. And I, I, I do believe that it will be very inspirational to our audience. Um, if you share that more in depth before we, we move past uh, 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 your your story.
1: Well, the the thing is for me, and, and I guess we'll come back to that in a sec, but the thing for me is my definition of success was completely wrong, um, which is why I became a failure. And um, I wasn't, I wasn't actually a failure. My just, my definition of success was incorrect. And therefore I was, I was failing. Um, and uh, that led me into a, a place where I started to uh, attack myself uh, and really sort of blame myself and attack my own self-worth. I thought because things weren't going the way that they should, uh, according to other people's ideas, according to society's ideas, according to all these things, I felt that I was kind of letting my myself down as a as an individual, and and that really led me to to analyze who I am as a person and really connect with myself and say, well you know, does that really matter to me? Yes or no. And in and, and the height of my uh, sort of anxiety and the height of my, my depression and feeling really low and, and sort of worthless and, and that there was no point for life, this kind of stuff, I I realized, um, and it was quite a, a strong feeling at the time, but I realized that I wasn't really living according to my own values and according to my own standards. I was holding myself to account Uh, against a scorecard that I didn't even get to write. So failure was always going to happen. The problem was that because I was failing, I I felt, as I said, really low self-worth and I I felt like I was sort of um, worthless or that no one really cared about me because I wasn't really contributing, you know, much to life. And I really, without sounding too cheesy, I really had to break before I could fix. If that makes sense.
0: Um, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, often you know you have to uh, first demolish everything before you can start rebuilding the whole thing, and mm. and and the more foundational those beliefs are, the more you have to really tear everything that you've known before. Uh, apart. I mean, I remember for myself, I had to basically reinvent myself, re- like uh, build myself from the ground up. I had to change 180 degrees mm-hmm. uh, because, um, as you say, the same way um, uh, the society around me, the media, the marketing, everything was influencing me very much. And, um, you know, I had this dreams and goals that weren't really mine. Now looking back, you know, I was driving myself for new cars and and this and that, and all that material stuff never really meant anything to me. Um, And so what ended up was that I was all empty on the inside, although I had everything on the outside. I was Mm -hmm. on the outside, I was living the, you know, Kim Kardashian lifestyle. Uh, but, but on the inside, I was completely empty because n- nothing was aligned with who I truly was, but I lost myself in the process.
1: Yeah, um, and I think that's something that I really connected with myself, just like you did, and, and something that, that I realized, which a lot of people, maybe they're going through a, a tough time at the moment, what they don't realize is that success is not material. Success is emotional. And it's only when you make that distinction that you can actually start to flourish in in life. Because if you believe success is material, you're consistently going to be falling short because if you get the Maserati, then there's the Lamborghini. And when you get the Lamborghini, there's the Ferrari. So success is, is completely not material. It's emotional. Success is feeling comfortable around friends and being able to, know that you can just be yourself, you know, success is knowing that you can say to, you know, a friend or a family member, you know, I love you without worrying what they're going to say back, you know, and so many people are failing in this world because they are attaching their success to material uh, and, and not emotional. And, and I certainly did the same thing and, and it, it really doesn't ever, ever, ever lead. Uh, to a good, a good path. So I had to learn the hard way, I guess. Yeah. Well,
0: Ian, let's be honest, the whole industry, the whole corporate world out there um, is putting billions, if not trillions of money every day into making us feel unhappy and believing that through buying the next thing, we will achieve happiness. I mean, you know, otherwise they, 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 uh, corporations wouldn't be so successful. uh, For sure. I
1: think that they play on our nature that, that by, if you break down us as human beings and as a species, at the end of the day, we're, we're an animal, we're a species and we are at the very fundamental core of who we are. We're, we're a competitive species, just like you know a lion wants to have a, a big pride, for example, or an elephant herd wants to have a lot of you know, other elephants in their herd to make them the strongest or whatever it may be. The, all of these companies and, and agencies are all playing off the fact that we are competitive. Whether I like it or not, to a certain degree, I want to be better than you, right? Now what we tend to do or the only way that we can measure that is through stuff, right? So if I have nicer shoes, I'm proving to you and the rest of the world that in the competition of life, I'm winning. Right. And what we have to try to do and you help people do this and I help people do this is re- try and reset the mindset to say, just because that person has nicer shoes, doesn't make them a nicer person. And usually it's the opposite. In fact, they're not a nice person, you know?
0: Well, y- y- yes and no. I mean, um, I, I do agree with everything you said. Um, um, I, I would add on top of that, that, um, there are three groups out there whose interest is that we are unhappy because if you're happy on the inside, you don't need much, you know, you don't care. So, so the three groups are religion, politics, and corporations. Yeah. Um, because if, if you are unhappy, then you will be involved in the political debate. You will be involved in what's happening in the country. You know, if you look at the happiest countries in the world and you go and interview people, they have no clue who the president or the prime minister or, you know, whatever is. So when you come into a new country, the more you see that people are involved into business the more you know that it's it's not a happy country mm. um a, a religion because you know if, if you're happy you will find god or energy or however you call that thing inside of you you don't need to go to a church to be connected with you being spiritual um, and, and you know, if you don't go to church, you don't put that money in, in the wallet when they're walking around and so on. So they, they need you to feel unhappy because then you go to them to seek uh, solutions and in, in, in the process, you're giving them some money. Um, yeah. and, and so they maintain control and the abundance lifestyle for themselves. And, and then the corporations, you know? I mean, you know, if you're happy, you don't need fancy clothes. You don't need fancy cars and, and, and anything like that. You you just, you know, you're, you're content, you're happy. So how can they sell you more of the products and Louis Vuittons and so on if you're happy? So, um, it, it's in their interest. And I think that on a daily basis, they do whatever they can to, to push us into that belief. Now, the second thing that you mentioned was, you know, that, um, True happiness is not material. Um, Yes, absolutely. I agree with you 1000%. Happiness can only be found inside of you and and not through material stuff. But there is this thing where you mentioned, like, you know, usually it's the vice versa that, you know, the the, the nicest people um, uh, or the not so nice people are the ones that, you know, have material stuff and so on. There is one thing. I believe that money is a tool, tool to, to do something. Now, if you're a good person, you can do more of the good. If you're a bad person, you will do more of the bad. But what I see often is that good people, good on the inside, they have this wrong belief that money is bad, you know? I, I My belief is that money is neither. Money is just a tool, and so, you know, I, I mean, that I'm going to take myself as an example. So I'm not in this world anymore to make billions for myself, but I do want to make those billions because I do believe that through my two nonprofits, the failures Anonymous and the animal shelters and so on, I can do a lot of good with that money. Mm. So I just see it very often that good people have this, almost like uh
1: you know money is yucky Mm, yeah i know what you mean I, i i the one thing i'm thinking though and and maybe we can debate it a bit more i'm not sure but more often than not or how often do you see you know good people become bad because of money and then how often do you see bad people become good because of money if that makes sense right it seems to me that there's a lot more people, and it's not necessary say it a lot, but I would think, you know, that there are good people that have become bad people because of money, but there's very few bad people that have become good because of money. They've just got more money and remained bad. If no, that makes no, sense, right? No,
0: no, no. Um, I think it's the same thing as with alcohol. You know, mm. um, you, you know, they don't say for no reason in vino veritas. Um I know a lot of um and I'm using air quotes right now, good people, mm. but when you serve them alcohol, they turn into animals, you know, yeah. like like that, you know, the the the, the very hard to uh to, to to handle people when they're drunk. That doesn't mean that they're generally good and, and that wine turns them into that. Mm. Wine just liberates them to be who they truly are.
1: That's how I believe it. So, so they truly are animal or they truly are bad people then?
0: Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I do think that if they would, that they're just holding back when they're not drunk or yeah. when- Wearing they, a mask, they, yeah. Yeah, that it, it's all just wearing a mask or, or pretending or playing, you know, to be someone they aren't to get ahead. Mm. But that deep inside, uh, maybe they're not who they pretend they are i i like i mean you know if, if you look at like just alcohol because alcohol helps you like really loosen up everything that 's in and, and you know honestly, when I drink too much um, I just start laughing more mm-hmm. I, I I dance a little bit more, and when I enough, I just go and sit in in a corner and i 'm just quiet and and I mean you know having fun for myself or I even fall asleep and and, but that's it
1: yeah I I only ever dance when I'm drinking pretty much (laughs) (laughs) I say to people if you see me dancing you know I've had one or two drinks because other than that I won't get up (laughs) and dance because it's just I don't have much rhythm so it's got one one upside but I don't drink very much so I don't dance very much
0: but Ian if you could forget that you know what you think about yourself, dance? Would you do it more often, even 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 when you have no drink at all?
1: I mean, I mean, I guess the obvious answer is yes. But the thing is, what what holds me back is a, it's just an internal inhibition of, I don't feel. It's not even that I feel embarrassed or awkward, um, because I've done many embarrassing and awkward things in my life. But it's a case of uh, I just guess feeling comfortable. You know, I don't really feel. It's more a case if I took you know dancing lessons uh, and I felt more comfortable knowing what I was actually doing had rhythm and it felt more comfortable i i I probably would get up and dance more, so it's not necessarily that I'm too much worried about what other people think it's It's more of a comfort thing for me um, if that makes sense uh, so yeah
0: no, yeah, I mean it does, but you know now imagine that you know um, uh, that from tomorrow. Um, you can have a few glasses of of wine every day throughout the day. You Mm. would probably be dancing more. And now, you know, if we translate that into, into, you know, being good or evil, uh, you know, maybe you're just, you know, not comfortable to show your true nature. Maybe you're just not comfortable to, you know, let people know who you are or or whatever. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: Or maybe you're even afraid of your own dark side. But then, you know, uh, once you get to the point of having money and the more money you have, the more you believe that you have power, uh, because, you know, most most people will start looking at you differently and and, and so on. um, And you will feel more empowered to give less and less fucks to whatever everybody is saying and you will be more and more who you are. I mean, that's how I see it. Yeah. Um, I I think money really is just a tool, and it's neither good nor bad. It's what we do with it, uh, and uh, I don't know. I I, I mean I guess uh, we we do have, or we are more inclined as a species to have a bit more of that dark 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 side or or the bad wolf in us. I don't know.
1: I just feel that money or or stuff, but stuff is money. I mean, whether it's a house or a car, it doesn't matter. It means you had money to buy it, whatever. But it's the only obvious way that we can show other people where we are in life, right? Because because emotions are felt internally and expressed through words, which is something that not, not a lot of people... I mean, certainly growing up, I wasn't growing up in an environment where... It was casual or common or encouraged to say how you felt it was just a case of just sort of shut up and get it just do what you need to do kind of thing so i certainly wasn't raised in an, in an environment where emotional uh, uh capacity was was something that was promoted you know and so as i said before we're a competitive species so the only way we can compete is monetary or or through stuff and, and that's, I think, why it becomes a case of good and evil. I'm not necessarily saying it is, it is evil in itself, but I'm, why it becomes evil is because the only way I can prove that I am worth something is through the stuff that I have. Now, obviously, in the coaching space and in, in the sort of arenas that we deal in, we know that that's complete bullshit. Like We know that that actually is completely not true because look at the number of celebrity suicides that are happening and look at the number of you know, rich CEOs that are, are falling you know, completely ill because they're so stressed due to their work environment and they, their bank account is massive. So we know that that's not true. But I think it's just the only way that we compete because we can't compete emotionally. I can't say to you like, I I am able to love more than you or I have more happiness inside of me than you because we can't measure those things, if that makes sense. The only thing we can measure is, well, I'm happy because look, I have a house and two jet skis and a Labrador named Scout, right? No, 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 you know no, no, I,
0: mean? I, I, I absolutely
1: agree with and it. I think that's but, where it becomes evil is what I'm saying.
0: Um, I mean, I, I, I get like, I'm very thankful that I had that opportunity to live that, you know, uh, lavish Kardashian or Dan Blazerian or whatever kind of lifestyle when I was in my 20s. And I was able to see later how empty my life was, even though I had everything on the outside. Mm. And I, I guess I had that opportunity to go full circle, to go from not much to a lot, back to not much, and I was able to experience different stages. And because I, I, um, I was starting to practice mindfulness and so on and reflection and, and all of that things, I was able to compare how I felt at certain times and so on and just being true to myself and so on. Um, and saw uh, l- l- let's say, uh, how empty um, my life was, Um, and, and how much more fuller it is now, uh, with what I have.
1: Yeah. Uh, Fuller how, like what, what makes your life full now compared to then? Because that's um, the difference between stuff and emotions, because you say your life is fuller now, but, but in what way, how?
0: Um, because I live in, in, in alignment with who I truly am. Um, and, uh, a big deal for me um, is being able to help others, and 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 so on, and that gives me a lot of pleasure and joy. And you know, when I get emails from my clients, especially, I'm a sucker for when you know they come from a huge adversity, uh, and then I help them, and and they make something you know truly unique. And you see how you can implement. Uh, uh, impact their lives and how happier they are and so on and yeah um yeah just you know my heart feels so warm when whenever i do that and
1: it's 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 amazing so how about so how about this then and and i don't know how you feel about this so right let's talk success and failure because i obviously work in that space you work in failure it's as we say they're very similar right yes so your definition of or sorry, my definition of success is living a life that is completely comfortable and within your control, whatever that means, right, to you. Okay. You, if you can live by your, like you kind of say now, if you can live on your own terms and live life and feel comfortable and you sort of happy with what you have and you know feel very sort of uh, comfortable then you are living a successful life. Yes. Right. So if you were to flip that over to failure, then would you say then a life without that or a life feeling uncomfortable with who you are feeling that you don't have enough or haven't achieved enough, would you say in essence in a, in a bubble and I know it's more complicated than that, but would you say that that life in essence at that moment is a failure?
0: Um, no, i wouldn't i wouldn't say that's a failure yeah. um I, I mean um you obviously have a lot of lessons that you probably have to learn and yeah. uh and find yourself and, and start living in alignment with who you are what do you want and so on yeah uh, but i wouldn't say that that's a failure i would say that that's just uh, a progress towards yeah. living a fuller life i think the real failure is if, if you give up and if you stop trying.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I was going to say that because like, I think that's the only true failure in life is yeah when you stop trying. And and I know that's so easy to say. And I always, I was almost there. Like I almost gave up, but you know, it's not to say, Oh, I'm a hero and I, I didn't give up. It's, it's not like that at all. But the only, and anyone that might be listening, that's feeling at the moment that their life isn't very successful or that they're not happy or something. It's, it's okay because you're still listening to this right now, if that makes sense. Like you haven't, you know, given up um, because for me, I'm not going to say there's no such thing as failure because we've all felt that and clearly that exists, but I, I'm sure, you know, Nelson Mandela, or you've at least heard of Nelson Mandela. Absolutely. And He was an ab- absolutely amazing, inspirational person within the South African culture, but, one of the greatest quotes that I I loved that of his, and there's many, um, but one of the greatest quotes that he said, was uh, he said, I never fail. I either succeed or I learn something new. And I love that, you know, because life is a lesson and you've learned a lot of lessons and I've learned a lot of lessons, but we haven't necessarily failed because we've continued even though we failed.
0: Um, I'm even like, I would even go as far as I, I know that, you know, I have a huge, a huge goals and huge dreams, you know, mm-hmm. Taylor's anonymous, the things with animals, like those are some really big things, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, 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 it's not, um, there is a big likelihood uh, that I won't see all of that um, completed, uh, you know, for as long as I'm alive, a very mm-hmm. big likelihood of that. And I'm mm-hmm. okay with that. The, the thing is, What's important to me is that um, I will not stop uh, chasing those goals and those dreams for as long as i'm alive and, and that to me is is you know um, important I, I I will probably not see everything happen for you know as long as I live, uh, but I ain't going to stop so uh, in in that essence, I cannot fail. Mm. Um, I might not achieve everything uh, I want to but I can't really fail because um, I'm, I'm not giving up.
1: Yeah. Does, I does mean, that make sense? Yeah, it does. It 100% does. Um, something that I love to share with people is just an idea that that I had in my own personal. I mean, obviously, when it comes to coaching and that we do always talk about goals and setting goals, I have my goals, you have your goals. And that's what we have to, we have to have that in order to have a purpose in life, right? And I get that. But, you know, I I look at, or what I like to share with people sometimes is I say every day is a lifetime. And what I mean by that is, and it's going to sound very cheesy, but you've only got today. So if you concentrate on making today a success just today, right? What do you want to do today? That's going to make today a success. If you are able to do that enough times in a row, guess what? By the end of your life, when you look back, the whole thing will be a success because you've looked at it every day. And for you, every day is living on your terms and putting your energy into the, the animal shelter and putting your energy into the, the nonprofit, you know, and helping people like, but if you do that every day, even though you've got this big goal in mind, but if you do that every day and every day is a lifetime. So if when you go to bed tonight, you go, well, my lifetime today was really good and as long as you put enough good lifetimes together you'll look back and go you know what maybe I didn't like you say finish everything but man I've got to live thousands or hundreds of days of doing what I wanted and and what means something to me you know
0: yeah absolutely
1: um Ian um if if
0: I if you don't mind me sharing a a quick story with you Mm. um so i think that was in 2015 when you know uh it was this whole thing with uh, uh that plane dropping that went from egypt to um to what what was it to st petersburg in in in, in russia
1: okay. and
0: uh, i was just traveling to moscow at that time um and then um uh, like at that time it was also um that massacre in, in in the concert in in paris um, yeah. and, and so on and, and uh, again, I came back from Russia and I was flying to the u s and so on and you know everybody was like oh aren 't you afraid to travel? What if something happens and so on and I remember when I was driving myself to the airport to to go on the second flight. Um, and I started thinking, you know, like, oh, like, am I really doing the right thing? What if, you know, maybe I should stay at home and, and so on. And, and, you know, it actually got to me, like everything that they were saying, it really got to me. And then I, I realized, uh, you know, uh, when I was sitting on the plane and I, I had this, you know, not good feeling in, in me, you know, like, oh, am I, is it okay that I'm Like, should I just back off and, and not go? And then I was like, "Oh my God! Like, what's wrong with me? Um, mm. I'm living the life. I'm, 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 I'm. You know, happy. Um, I, I'm doing what I love. I'm traveling. All of that. Um, and then it, it, it kind of like this whole thing came to me that most people, uh, they live like they will live forever. So you know, like everything is next month, next week, next uh, year. Uh, mm. But, yeah. but, but they, they really they fear that but they live like they will live forever and instead of just living the life and you know who cares like we're all gonna die i mean that's inevitable at Mm. one point we all are gonna die Uh, yeah we can't uh avoid that
1: yeah Um, and, and to bring it back to money like what you were saying before um you know steve jobs said something and I'm, I'm paraphrasing it's not the exact quote but when he was giving one of his speeches after he had found out that he was ill and, and he was giving a talk he he said to me uh you know i don't care you know how much money i have because me and the guy in the grave next to me have the exact same amount of money and it's just that always just stuck with me because sure he had money when he was alive and he had a lot of it and you know he did a lot of good things with his money but what you said is true at the end of the day I could work really hard, and a lot of people do work really hard to make all this money, but they sacrifice time with friends and family, and you could you, know, you could have $10 million in the bank account, and tomorrow you're gone, and that $10 million was worth nothing.
0: Yeah, what, what was it, all for what? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, so absolutely, absolutely. I, I couldn't
1: agree more. So you have to have balance. I'm not saying, you know, don't earn money, but I think you'll agree. And a lot of people agree. Life is all about balance, right? You need to earn enough money to be happy and comfortable, but not consistently let that drive you away from your kids, away from your family, away from your friends, or, you know, go to work every day and feel more and more unhappy just to get a paycheck. You know, if you've got enough money to be happy, then start focus on being happy. And I let that go, uh, you know, when I, just after I went through my sort of really rough patch and I'd earned, I was earning really good money, you know, and I realized at that point, I'm not a material person. I don't need material things to be happy, but it was so funny because I thought I did. Um, and And that was something that was kind of ingrained in me. You know, when I was growing up from my father, he would always say, you know, put, put your money in your bank account and you always need to have money and make sure you always have money. And he's very much a money driven perp- person. And I just realized I'm the complete opposite, you know, I'm yes, I want money and I want to have a house and I want to, if I have kids, send them to school, but you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, that we go on holidays to crazy five-star resorts or that they go to the fanciest school in the world or you know, that they have all these cool things and we drop them off at school in this fancy car. Like, that's not what it's about, you know?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, like I said, as long as you live in alignment with yourself, I think that's, that's the true happiness. I mean, I, I have a good, very good friend of mine from Slovenia he's in love with the BMW brand and he was dreaming of his BMW for so long and then mm. one day he bought it yeah and even after so many years every time he sits in that car it's like love at first sight all over again <laughs> that's awesome like if, if if that makes you happy go for it yeah of course you know so so um i'm like one religion that's kind of closest to how i see life is zen buddhism and yeah. i like how they're always talking about you know finding that balance your balance yeah. figuring like life is is like this big search of who am i because we constantly change, not because you know you you, you figure out once and, and and never again, because things happen to our life, we grow, we change, so we constantly have to go back to who am I um, and then just live life that is in alignment with what you what you believe. Um, I had all the material stuff, and at that time, you know I felt happy, I realized later that that wasn't making me happy but I'm thankful and grateful for that experience because I've seen that other side Mm. and now I know that that's not something that motivates me and moves me but that's you know for me I but I also do accept that some people might have stronger attachment to material uh, stuff Mm. or you know to something like that.
1: I think just because it's finite though, is, is why it's, it's so tricky, you know, like, like, because it's, it's finite. And like I said before, because emotions can't be measured, it's, 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 it's why it's so tricky because, you know, there'll always be, and I was speaking to someone about this recently and it's just in anything in life, there will always be someone with more or with better that's just the way it is. You know, if you think you want this house, you'll get that $10 million house, but then there's going to be a guy that has a $20 million house, you know, or yes. if you want to get this, you know, $3,000 Rolex, there's going to be a guy with a $10,000 Rolex. So it's about knowing your limits and, and knowing what's good enough for you. Right. And, and, and I've had conversations, and I've actually done a talk on this before where I'm saying it, the the speech or the talk was called enough is enough. And we don't as individuals, we don't as people define for ourselves what enough is. And because of that, we consistently trying to get more and more and more and more and more, more money, more clothes, more cars, more houses, whatever, right? there's some guy out there or or girl out there now that has four houses and they think, Oh, I need to get more money to buy, you know, a fifth house or another property or whatever. Right. But where is enough, you know? And for me, it's a really interesting topic to talk to people and say, well, what is enough, you know, for you? Because once you know that you've got that, guess what? You can just chill out and enjoy it now. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, Again, but we don't <laughs> we,
0: are, we, we are coming to, to that thing where the only true happiness can be found inside of you.
1: One hundred percent.
0: Yeah, and, and 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 it won't you will never find it on the outside. So the only person you have to compete with is yourself. Exactly. And yeah. compete so that you become the highest possible self for yourself. Mm. Um, and I always say to
1: people that there's, there's no such thing as better than me. There's only better me. Yes. Right. and that, that's exactly what you were saying. You know? Yes. Yes. Um, Ian, what were
0: some of those things that, you know, in the past that you were craving because they were influenced from the outside? Can you give us a few examples? Like what were some of, if you can remember. The, the bigger ones, be, be because of, uh, uh, and, and because of them, you felt as a failure at that
1: time? Um, I, it's hard to say, really. I guess the overall, it was just, again, we've, we've chatted about it. It was it's materialistic things, you know? And, and growing up, I certainly was not, you know, poor. I, was, I wasn't necessarily in a, the best situation, but there was, I went to, you know, good schools, and I was really lucky for that. But there was a lot of kids that had a lot more than me you know, there was, uh, you know, this one kid at our school, which sounds crazy, but, you know, every now and then, not not very often, but every now and then his dad would, would come to the school uh, to, you know, for the weekend. But the quickest way for him to get there would be to fly like a, a helicopter. So he would like come in a helicopter. So it was kind of crazy. <laughs> but um, so I always just had that, you know, chip on my shoulder that I need to get more to prove myself, I guess. Um, my parents split up when I was quite young. So I guess I always wanted to prove myself and prove that I was worth something. And I made the mistake, which many people do. And we did talk about that. I thought the best way for me to prove myself is by what I have and what I wear and the holidays that I take. Um, But I very quickly realized that, you know, that, that was not the answer. And, and I came crashing down only to, you know push the reset button on life and say you know what like i actually don't care about stuff anymore like if someone came knocking on the door and said hey i've got these really expensive watches i'm i'm okay
0: okay and and now if we go forward in time what mm-hmm. was then you know uh fuck everything uh moment like like what was that spark when when was that like an aha moment Or was it like over time, uh, little by little, like how did that happen when you transitioned from that
1: Ian into the new Ian? Uh, It was, I'd say it was an aha moment, but it, it, it was a mixture of both. It came from a prolonged series of just defeat after defeat after defeat. You know, I just thought, okay, well, let me try this thing. Cause I'm sure that will make me happy. And I would try it. Well, let me date this person because then I'm sure that will make me happy. And then that didn't work. And, you know, I just kept trying to fill the void from other things and letting other people decide my happiness. And I just kept getting knocked down and knocked down and knocked down till eventually I had this kind of aha moment of, you know what, like, screw this. I'm not living for anyone else anymore. I'm going to live for myself. And I needed to do that for a very short period of time before I could start to build into who I am today. Ian, would you say that it was experiencing
0: that threshold of enough pain that uh, reinventing yourself was,
1: was the only option? 100%. Yeah. I had, I had, well, no, I had two options. One I could either just fix myself and really try and face myself in the mirror. And the other option was to not exist anymore, which, which sadly, a lot of people see as, as the answer. And I'm very, very grateful that I, that I didn't, you know? Well, yeah. Thank God for that. Yeah. Um, Okay, okay. But I um, had to, to, to answer your question, yeah, I had to, uh, J.K. Rowling is a phenomenal role model. If, if I'm sure you all, obviously, you know who she is, but if you don't know her story and stuff, you've got it. Like, she's super inspirational, but she said, which a lot of people have, but she said that hitting rock bottom was the only way that she was ever going to make something out of herself. And it's, it's just the way of life. Ian can can you please repeat that hitting rock bottom was the only way that I was going to be able to, you know, make something of my life.
0: Okay. So she had
1: to hit to like we, like you, like me, like many of us, we had to go right to the very bottom before we could learn the skills that we needed or have the realizations that we needed, uh, you know, face the absolute worst of the worst before we could say, you know what, now I need to change.
0: Okay, Ian, we've spent about roughly forty-five minutes so far on this, and I really want to go into the value giving uh, with what you do now as well. Mm. Um, so, if if you can like walk us a little bit through, you know, how you help your clients, maybe what are some techniques that you know our listeners can you know do at home while listening to this podcast or immediately after and start seeing some results like what are some of the things if, if i would come to you and say ian help me be my coach uh how would we approach that
1: well the first thing we do or the first thing i do always with with every client is i do a life balance questionnaire um, and that's actually up on my website kind of the basis of it so anyone can actually just go there and, and have a look at what, what the questionnaire is all about. But like we said earlier, it's all about balance because the first thing we want to work out is where in your life in life are you happy? Because we want to continue that. And where in life are you, are you not happy because we need to obviously work out why, but so th- there's that. And then the other thing that I talk about quite a lot with a lot of clients is stress. We deal with a lot of stressed people. So stressed at home, stressed at work, stressed home and work. But um, stress all comes down to control. So I say to a lot of people, well, are you trying to currently control things that you can't control, which is often the case because there's all, there's not very much we can control actually in our lives. We can control what we do, what we say, and you know, how we make people feel, which is a combination of those two. But, um, so what I do is I say to people, write down the things that are stressing you the most right now and why. And then we look at, well, Can you control that? Yes or no? And most of the time it's no. And then I say, well, are you trying to control it? Yes. Okay, well, how can we let go of that? So that's a simple exercise that anyone listening can do for themselves. It's easier when it's coached, um, but you 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 write down what your problem is. You write down whether or not you can control it. Write down whether you are trying to control it. uh, And then if you are, make a strategy to let go controlling it. Or vice versa, if it's something that you should be controlling, make an action plan of, well, how can you take back control? Because as humans, we just want to be in control of our lives. And so what we do is when we give up control to work, to married partners, to friends, to family, it causes a lot of stress, which then leads to anxiety. Who usually comes to you?
0: Let, let, let's do it like that. Like who is your, uh, or how, how? what's the definition of your usual client?
1: majority of people come to me because they are not finding success in a certain area of their life. And most of the time, it's someone who is, as I said before, it's one of normally one of two things. It's either someone who is struggling at home. They're having difficulties at home because work is stressful or they're having difficulty at work because home is stressful. I mean, those are the two biggest times in our life, if that makes sense. Um, I personally love to work with people that have goals, that have ambitions, but have absolutely no idea how to get there. Because what we do is we put a, a plan in place to make that success happen. So they know where they want to get to. Um, and, and I love it when someone comes to me and says, look, I really want to do this. I want to write a book or I want to run a marathon or I want to you know, uh, reconnect with my father from you know we haven't spoken in 20 or whatever i love it when the person has their goal but they say but i have absolutely no idea how to get there because then they know what their success is it's okay well how are we going to make this a reality that works for you that's comfortable for you and that's going to get you there um so yeah ian if i put you on the spot
0: right now and i Uh say um if, if you can choose one story from, from the client work that you've done that mm. is like above any other client and of course without any names and any Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, but just in a few sentences, like if you could explain to us like where that client was before they started working with you mm. and how that uh, changed their life.
1: Yeah, the one, well, one that, personally sort of stands out to me just because it, it rings it, quite a strong bell in in my own heart I guess based on my own life and family and that um, was um, someone who came to me who had just come out of a, a divorce and now I want to be clear I'm not a relationship coach of course I'm, I've had discussions about that but it wasn't the, it wasn't how to sort of you know recover after the relationship that kind of had already been done she had she had come to terms with all of that but it was a case of I've been in this marriage for X amount of time. Now I've come out of it and I'm really glad I have, but because I was so comfortable or thought I was so comfortable, I have absolutely no plan on what, what's happening going forward. Like I have no idea what foot to put forward next. Um, And so it was like almost like a life reset for us. And she wasn't, you know, old, she was like sort of middle to late thirties, And so we worked together and said, well, that's, you've got this new life. Now, what do you want to do with it? And what matters to you? And we worked out what means the most to her. And it was quite cool because she was surprised at what she had come up with. It wasn't necessarily the types of jobs she was looking for or even considered doing, but we worked on her happiness first and then, yeah. And then fast forward, you know, to, to almost two and a half years later, um, she's now working in a completely different country, in fact, in a completely different uh, arena. But we we stay in touch now and then, and she's just phenomenally happy, and she's yeah, she's got the new life that she wanted. So that that really sticks out to me as as one I always remember. Makes me feel good.
0: Love, nice. That's lovely.
1: Yeah. Um, Ian, mm-hmm.
0: um, of course, um, I will include your links in the show notes, so everybody who's listening who to- uh, can recognize themselves uh, as potentially being, you know, somebody who could work with you and, and who could use your help. Uh, mm-hmm. They can just click it to click and uh, those links. But, um, like, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Is it through your Facebook, your website? Uh, the, what's the, the best
1: way. Yeah, the easiest. I mean, the website, the, the link will be there. But in case if anyone's listening, I just want to jump on right away. It's lifechangeguide.com. Um, but the, the website's great. There's actually some, which I really push people to There's some free content on the website as well. And that's like articles on, you know, overcoming stressful situations or handling anxiety. I mean, I don't know what's up currently at the moment. Just we'll have to double check. But there's some really good info and it's free content just to help people. Uh, and it's, it's just there. So go get it. I don't, you know, it's there to be used. It's free. You can download it. You can print it. You can do whatever you want. I don't care. Um, but the, I, I also am relatively active on Twitter as well, um, which is just at Ian w. Blunt. Um, and I, I update and, and put up pictures and quotes and inspirational, you know, stories and stuff quite regularly on Twitter. So I always find that gets quite a nice response because um, it's just, quotes that i've written myself but it's usually very inspirational stuff on how to you know keep keep life about what matters and what doesn't kind of things the the stuff we've spoken about yeah
0: okay okay so the best way for people to reach you is to follow you on twitter to message you on twitter Mm. and of course to go to your website and and uh check out your content
1: 100 percent and i'm always i say to people and maybe a lot of people say this but i genuinely mean it like if just send me a message if you want to get in touch, even if it's just to say hi, because I've become good friends with a lot of random people over the last. I'm a very accepting person. I just if someone messages me and says, "Hey, how's it going? I'm so and so from this country, and I just like you know the way that you think or you seem like a cool dude," I'll be like, "Well, cool. Let's be friends." You know, I'm just very much like an <laughs> open. The, the world, the world is it. It needs more people that think that way because like we're we're so sort of scared and we put up this resistance of who is this weirdo and what do they want from me? That's the first thing you think, like, what does this guy want? What does this girl want from me? Or, and and it's so it's rare to kind of find people that are just open accepting and whatever your story is, you know, it's probably not, you know, as bad as mine. So let's just be friends, you know, (laughs) it's a, yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah. Like uh, I, I guess one thing is that there is this huge amount of uh, spamming with auto messages on Instagram, on LinkedIn, like everywhere, and and so people are quite cautious when they get a new message. Like, oh, is it another spam bot, or or just somebody trying to hard sell me on something? Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, I I guess it, it might be that. Ian, yeah. one last thing before I uh, we say goodbye. Of course. What is the last golden nugget of wisdom that you want to share with the audience?
1: The last golden nugget. Oof, I better make this one good. Um, well this is something that, that I've spoken about and I've taught myself how to do. So the last golden nugget is this, you get to define success. So whether or not you failed is completely up to you. I don't get to decide whether you failed or you've succeeded because you get to define success. So as long as you know that, you'll actually start to realize that you're actually succeeding every day, every week, every month, because it's your, you know, your life. So succeed on your own terms and not, not somebody else's. It will eliminate failure from your vocabulary.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Well, Ian, it was, I mean, I don't know whether it
0: was fun for you. It was fun for me. I really enjoyed this, con- this conversation. Um, And and, I mean, I actually like how we went a little bit back and forth, back and forth. And it wasn't like the typical interview, you know, where I ask you questions and you have your own monologues and and so on. So I I did enjoy it. I hope you did as well. I hope the audience will enjoy it uh, as well. Um, I I think, you know, you absolutely dropped a lot of good uh, value bombs there um so thank you for that i appreciate you for that i appreciate you for you know what you're doing how you're helping uh people and and making the world a better place and uh, yeah um i wish you all the best on your journey um and uh hope to stay in touch with you and see how things are progressing for you
1: oh well thank you very much for you know making the time and for all the kind words and you know it's it kind kind words go a long way so thank you for you know what you do and and you know i'm really happy for you and proud of you that you're getting into the uh the space where you're helping the animals and you're spending some more time on you know yourself so you know good job to you pat yourself on the back as well (laughs) thank you take care ian all right bye